started some time ago. Father, I just ask that you, you speak tonight and encourage our hearts to trust in your word. I know that your word will not return to you void. You are faithful, truly faithful to your word. Speak to us tonight, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. It's good to see every one of you. I want to continue with the message I started before, the title, Keys to Biblical Prosperity. Um, I truly believe that it's God's will to prosper his children. There are a lot of voices out there saying different things about, you know, believing in prosperity, uh, your prosperity teacher, and all of that stuff. I just don't listen to things like that. All I want to know is, does the Bible teach that? Is it there in the Word of God? Is it something I can see out of the Word of God without a doubt? Don't care who is teaching it. I just want to know if that is there in the Word of God. Because if it's there, it's for me. And I cannot ignore it. I will suffer greatly. If God has put something in His Word, and I decided... That's not for me. I don't want to listen to that. And that's what Satan does. He throws out a lot of lies. He tells people all over, you don't like that man, you see, and he's teaching this. And so for the fact that you don't like the way the man teaches or preaches, you ignore the word of God and everything that he has to give. If you don't want to listen to that man, listen to some other person that you can hear, that you like. If they're teaching the same thing, as long as it's coming from the Word of God, God intended it, intended it for a purpose, and it will do something good in your life if you accept it. But when you reject it because of a man, you are not rejecting the man, you are rejecting the Word of God. And if you reject the Word of God, you are rejecting God. How can you be blessed if you reject the Word of God because of your opinion? Or before, because of something somebody said, you've got to stay with the Word of God. That's where you will find your, your blessing. You can have confidence in life that God is with you. And you have no reason to be afraid. That's what it is for me today. I have peace. I have a lot of peace. I know you have that too, too if you know Jesus. I've got no reason to be worried about anything. Troubles constantly, they're coming. Doubt and different things that you can't have control over. You have no control over what's happening in another person's life. What they say and what they think, you have no control. But I know one, the one who has control. And if, if I'm hooked up with him, I know everything is going to be okay. When I'm asleep, he's not asleep. He's always there. He never sleeps, he never slumbers, and he cares so much for his own. I wish Christians, you and I, will recognize how much God loves us. Even in our weaknesses, even in our failures, when we think all things are not well, Jesus spoke to us from his word. He said, if a man has a hundred sheep and one is missing, one is lost, he leaves the remaining ninety-nine, his attention, his focus is more on this one that's gone 
Then the remaining 99, they don't need any help. So when you feel like I've missed it, God must not be too happy with me now. His focus is fully on you. You are now more important than the rest of them that are walking perfectly with him. That's the nature of our God. He loves us dearly. But that doesn't mean he doesn't, he doesn't care for you when you are with him. That means when you are with him, all your needs have been met. The one that's out there is the one that's missing out. And God wants to bring him in so that he can enjoy the same thing that you are enjoying because you are right there with him. That's the nature of our God. He loves us dearly. And we really need to believe in him and trust him. I got no fear of nothing. You were here on Sunday. The man, uh, uh, the Nigerian preacher that was here was talking about voodoo doctors and witch doctors. Uh, you won't understand it only, un, until you live in that, that situation, in that condition. It was, it was very frightening when I was growing up. Everybody was scared. The educated were scared as well. Those that were educated, those that are educated, even till today, they'll come over here, have a great degree in medicine, they go back there, and they still go to witch doctors. Oh, yes. So education has nothing to do with this. You see doctors talking about going to, I mean, doctors, they have all their degrees, PhD with medicine, and still going to witch doctor. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't understand that while I was growing up. And they'll tell you. This is more than Western medicine. <laughs> this is more than Western medicine. That's the way I grew up. And, and it's all over the place. I mean, I've seen things that you can't believe, that I can't even share them. Sometimes I've seen people that were cut with machete with my own eyes, and it bounced off. You haven't, but I have. I saw it with my own eyes. If I was told, then I would say maybe I saw it. I was right there. The guy did this voodoo stuff on this little, this little guy, a, a relation of mine, and cut him, and the, 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 the stuff bounced off his skin, his body. And, I mean, he was whacking him with the, I mean, that's very sharp. And then he cut some twig, and that thing flew off. And then he cut the guy, and it, that thing bounced off. And he turned to me and said, do you want the voodoo medicine so I can cut you? My little seed in my says, if it didn't work, I'm cutting pieces. I'm not doing that. That was before I got saved. And I couldn't really understand. What's going on? Where is God? Why will these evil people have this kind of power? Where is my protection? I knew nothing about what was going on. So I knew I was vulnerable. But after I found Christ, after I found Jesus, bring on the voodoo doctor. Oh, yes. I wasn't scared of him. And I'm not scared of him. I shared the other time, I was in, in a village preaching, and God had done a lot of stuff, and a witch a powerful witch that had been one since he was a boy. He was now an elderly man. He saw what God was doing. And he came, sent a message to me, two, three hundred miles away. Tell that young man when he comes back, comes in here, I want to be free. I'm tired of being a witch. And I prayed for him. He vomited that evil spirit. He went away and said, thank you, sir. I'm free. And that's how powerful. 
the name of Jesus is. As a young person, when I got saved, I, had through, I went through a lot of persecution. I'm going to share tonight. I'm, I'm leaving my notes again. <laughs> but as a young man, Christianity in my area was so new. This was in the 70s. The born again experience. It came in with all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, when God starts stuff, it's not really perfect at that time, you know. That's why God, the Bible says, what he has begun, he is able to complete. He is able to perfect. Because in the beginning, because of the way we are, things are never perfect. They coupled Christianity with all kinds of stuff that you couldn't do. That had nothing to do with Christianity, but we believed all of them. And, and, and that made my family very angry. You want to hear one of them? It was wrong to go to the university. That was a sin. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys haven't heard anything like that, but I went through that. I struggled. God, what's so wrong with the university? Just to learn. It took me about two years to get to finally realize it's not, that has nothing to do with Christianity. But that made my family members very mad. They were mad, really mad. And the persecution was great. Had nothing to do, but, I, you know, I was doing what I knew. I, knew. I didn't know any better. I thought, well, this is the way God's word is. I'm going to follow it. But while I was doing that, I was studying the scriptures carefully to find out if what pastor was saying was right. <laughs> I checked him out every time. If he quoted the scripture, I went back home and I checked him out to make sure he was right. But this one thing about school didn't seem right to me. And I kept searching. I couldn't find anything. But I paid a serious price because my family, they, went, they were strong against me. And there was rumors all over town. All over town, that man has lost his mind. He's crazy. I loved witnessing. So sometimes till the middle of the night, I'm still out in the streets witnessing. And people say, he's lost his mind. And, all, and my, my mother was really, really worried about that. And, and the final, the, the way that ended was, you know, they came and tore my house down, my brothers. And um, there's a man who is still living today. His name is Tony. And got me by force, dragged me right through one very long street. And held me and told, uh, uh, they have a night guard. And usually the, the night guard in those days, they have what they call bow and arrow. You know, the bow and the arrow. And they have poison at the top of it. And my brothers were telling that night guard, if he tries to escape, let him have one of those. <laughs> and I thought, boy, this Christianity stuff is something else. Your brothers can even think about killing you, you know. And they were not playing at that point. But he said, he's told me, I'm glad you stood your ground and didn't buckle. But they took me, they, they decided, well, he's crazy. And they talked to my mother enough where she believed this man is nuts. And so they dragged me, and I realized there had been one special voodoo doctor that had come to town. And everybody in this little town was talking about this voodoo doctor. I still remember his name, Ademe, that's what they called him. 
And I, I was already a Christian, but everybody was running back and forth. He was in town, and he was doing all kinds of things, catching witches and all of that. He point, if he points to you, you're a witch, you better run for your life. The people were mad. But he was supposed to be a witch doctor, you know, help people to be free from witches. So if he pointed to you, that man is one of them, the people get you. And so that is what was happening around. I lived as a Christian. I didn't know much about it, but I heard about it. And when my mother was asking me, I want to take you somewhere. They say, you lost your mind. I said, Mama, I don't go out doing crazy stuff anymore. All I talk about is Jesus, and you think I'm nuts, and your sons, are, the rest of your sons, they're running around doing crazy stuff, getting drunk and smoking weed, and you think they're normal, and I'm crazy? What's there with this? What's with this? Who is really crazy? Have you, in my mind, I won't say it, I was really rough on my mom. Have you lost your mind? Kind of stuff. But... She said a lot of people were telling him, you've lost that one. And I think where it got to him was when I came back from school one day, I was a school teacher, high school teacher. I got back from school, and as I put out my hand to open my door, a policeman came from the corner and said, you are under arrest. And I thought, for what? And then my mother came from behind. I knew, okay, they got me under arrest. And they took me to the police bus. That's whoever... The police chief, that's the way we call it here. And I sat with him. He says, you better stop going to that church. I said, that's never going to happen. And he said, I'm telling you, son, if you ever get in trouble and they bring you here, I'm going to let you have it. Now, justice over there is not like justice here, okay? They can really let you have it. I mean, they beat you up before you get to your trial real good. He said, I'm going to let you have it. And I looked at him and I said, listen, you'll never get me in this place for any crime. That's not my life. It's over. He told my mom, you've lost this one. Do you have any other children? Forget this one. Take care of the others. This one, he's gone. And my mother says, oh, it's all over. I got to help. I said, I said all of that to let you know why they took me to a voodoo doctor. Deep in the village, deep, deep down in a village, all jungle, no electricity. But I willingly went. I was excited about going. My mom said, are you willing to go with me to some place? And I thought to myself, wow, she's wanting to take me to this voodoo doctor that everyone has been talking about. And I got my game plan. I was going to go to his house. And I knew when I got, when I got there, there would be some idols, some of this ugly stuff that's carved, you know, that he worships and they make sacrifices to. I figured that I'll go there and pretend like his stuff was really working. But when he goes to sleep at night, I'll wake up and break the hands of his gods. And when he wakes up in the morning, he will find his gods beaten. And if he tries to fight me, I'll tell him, sir, please don't beat me. Tell him, your God, to beat me for breaking his hand. But when we got to the village, 
I was, I was traveling with my mom with so much excitement. I couldn't wait to see that voodoo doctor. I was so excited. They told us, you know, we have power over these things, but don't go there and destroy their, their stuff. You might, it might cost somebody their life. But I wasn't doing anything. I was being humble. They got me to his territory, and I'm going to let him have it. But when I got there, he wasn't the man I was expecting. And I was very disappointed. I was, to tell you the truth, I was mad. Because I figured if he didn't work, my mom was going to take me back to the other one. And I needed it to work. So my mom would know, this guy, I'm not crazy. I'm just following Jesus. Amen? I'm just following Jesus. We got there, and I sat down before the guy, and he was looking at me, and there were crazy people all over. It's like where you go to the psychiatric world or something. That's the way. He was the one to take care of those. And I was among, among these guys on this day, you know. So I sat down and I looked at him in the eye and I said, Sir, can you let me, for me, it was an opportunity to witness. They brought me to a new place so I can share the gospel. This was good. So I told him, Sir, just listen to me for the next five minutes. When I'm through with speaking to you, then I'm going to cooperate with whatever you want to do. If you got some stuff for me to drink, I'll drink. Whatever you want to do, I'll cooperate. But you got to listen to me first. And I looked at him and I said, now, listen, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm fine. You got more troubles than I have. He was looking at me. And I went and I gave him my Roman road. You know what I mean? All I've seen and I've come short of the glory. I, I did my witnessing stuff. And when, I'm through, when I got through and I said to him, now I'm through, you do your stuff. I've got to go back to work next day. So finish your stuff and I'll be done. He was looking at me. I said, what's the matter? Come on. He was just looking at me. I'm not going to go into the details, but that night I found myself shamed. Hands, hands chained together, my leg chained to the wall, and on a concrete floor, in a tiny room. And um, I couldn't believe what was happening. It was like a little hospital room. They had a bed. That's where my mother slept to take care of the patient who was on the floor because he's crazy, mad. Lost his mind. My legs chained together. My hands chained together. And one of my legs chained to the wall. And all day, with all the troubles, before that, before they got me from my home by force, I was hurting. I was tired, exhausted. I really wanted to go to sleep. But I couldn't. Because I couldn't use my hand for pillow. I, they had my hands, they chained one around my hands, and they padlocked it real tight. So all I could do was put my hands up like this. My mom was crying. But she believed that I was insane. So she was doing her best to help me. Um, that's why I encourage you. 
When you don't know what to pray for, pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in tongues. I didn't know what he said. All of, I was just probably a year, few, maybe a year, few months old as a Christian. But I had confidence in God. And I knew I, didn't, I hadn't done anything wrong. So I was pleading with God, what's this? I cried a lot. I was asking God questions. What's going on? Why am I here like this? I'm just trying to follow you. Look, why all these rumors about me? Look at where I am. Now, now I can't even go to sleep. When I try to put my head on my, ha- on my hand to sleep, the chain will hit it into my head. And it's so painful. So the only way to have peace and rest was to lay on my back with my hand in, you know, right in front of me. Just like that. And just praying in tongues. And I'm telling the truth story. This is what God did. But the funny thing is, possibly after midnight, I just heard a little voice in my head. Now I know it's the voice of the Spirit. Because I was crying out to God, basically almost complaining, saying, I can't sleep. And this little voice said, well, the chain's loose. Why don't you just put, pull your hands out? I said, well, it's like, who said that, you know? And I, play, I went, and the chain was actually loose. I pulled my hands off. I just pulled my hands off. And I dropped the chain. My mother woke up. It was a lamp with a little lamp because there was no electricity in the room. And she got up, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I should have been very careful, you know, taking the chains off. Now I woke her up. She's going to call them, and I'm going to be back in this thing. And she looked at me and just went on to sleep. Oh, I thanked God. It was a beautiful sleep I had that night. I'm telling you, it was the best. I slept well. Early in the morning, don't know why I'm telling you this story, <laughs> but this is my life. I hope it encourages somebody tonight because it reminds me, as I remind myself, my first year as a Christian, God is, and there's nothing that's impossible with him. He gave me confidence. This was probably 1975, 1976. I knew I was on my way. I would serve this God until the day I die. Nothing is going to lure me away from him. Not even coming to America, where you got all the good and nice things in the world. Amen. <laughs> and in the morning, early in the morning, they sent two of their uh, lieutenants, I guess the ones that work with the guy. They came in in the morning, opened the door, and got in my room. They had a little, a big bell, you know, those bells with a handle, really huge one. And they were ringing that bell right over my head because I sat up. And they were chanting something. I couldn't hear what they were saying. And I guess that's the way they put, cast their spell on, their, on the, the insane people. And they were chanting and all, doing all of that stuff. But the bell was my problem because it was right over my head. And it was so loud in this concrete little room. It was loud. And it was hurting my ears. And I kept telling them, stop ringing the bell. Why don't you do your stuff without the bell? Does this stuff not work if you don't if you stop ringing the bell? What's the matter with the bell thing? They ignored me like nothing was going on. They just kept on doing your stuff, you know. And I was, what's wrong with these guys? I'm supposed to be crazy. They're nuts. And they were chanting and ringing the bell real loud. 
And again, that little voice from inside says, your hands are free. Take the bell from them and force them to do it without the bell. But they didn't know my hands were free. They thought they, were, they had me really chained and possibly really did. And so when I stretched my hand up to get the bell, oh boy, it was probably about 5 o'clock in the morning. Two of them hit the door about the same time. They, it was hard for them to get through. They disappeared into the dark real fast. And without thinking, I don't know what I was so mad about the bell, I ran after them. <laughs> I ran after them. It was while I was outside the door that I realized I was free. I got no chains on me. No chains on me. And, and I was standing to the right of my door, coming, looking from the inside, and waited out there. And I heard my mother giggling inside. She was just, she kept laughing and she couldn't stop. And I looked back in. I thought, my mom, she's lost it completely. She's laughing. It's not funny. But I was determined nobody was going to put me back in that chain. I told God, please forgive me. If they come, I'll box them. (laughs) It was going to be a real fight. I'll repent later. But nobody's going to get me back in that chain. I was really, I was mad. If anything moved in the compound, I saw it. I was ready to walk if that was it. About maybe seven in the morning, the chief guy came and walked straight into his living room, apart from where they had kept me with the other insane people. And... um, I guess it's testimony time, amen? Is it okay? It's testimony time. Um, He walked into his living room where we had spoken before, and I was watching him closely. And all the guys, I was trying to find out the guys that came to my room in the morning. I'm not sure if I saw any of them. But my mom kept, you know, giggling. And then I kept wondering what was going on. He went into his living room, and then after a while, he left his living room and went into my room and to inspect the chains. My mom said they were broken to pieces. I didn't see that. I don't know what happened there. But I know I had not, not even one link on my body. It was totally free. But my mom later was called after the guy inspected his, his uh, chains. He went back to his living room and called my mom. And I thought... They are planning again. And I said, Lord, forgive me. I'll kill somebody here. <laughs> Nobody's putting me back in that room. I'm not going in there. And so my mom spent a while there, and then she came back out. Now, please don't hold it against me if I said I was going to kill somebody. I was, this was a bad day for me. Okay? <laughs> it was a tough day for me. You have to have walked in my shoes to see the way I was feeling. I wasn't feeling holy, okay? I was feeling, get me out of this. That's all I was thinking. I want to get out of this place. But my mom went in, spent some time, and then came back out, went in the room, got a handbag, and she came out and says, let's go. I said, where? She said, let's go home. I said, really? She said, yeah, let's go home. And I said, okay, 
What about him? He said, well, he said to get you out of his compound. <laughs> Don't want that man here. Get him out. I said, but what about the money you paid? She said, he gave, she, he gave me everything. All the money he gave me back. And then my mom, we got in the car. It's a pickup truck, small pickup truck. And my mom said, please, tell him to forgive me. Because I thought you were really crazy. Everyone is saying you're insane. So I said, yeah, mama, I think God, it was so much peace. Amen? So much peace between all the antagonism between myself and my mom, all gone. And she was pleading with me, please tell him, tell him to forgive me. I did it in ignorance. Everyone was in ignorance. Everyone is saying, was saying, you're crazy. And I got to believe it. I didn't know what else to do. I'm your mother. I needed to do something. It was wrong for me not to do anything. So tell him to forgive. And I said, Mama, I believe he's forgiving you. Then I asked her, I said, why were you laughing so hard? Because even while she was talking to me, pleading for forgiveness, she was talking, she would start laughing again. And I said, what's the matter? Why are you laughing so hard? She said, the way those two guys took off from the room, that was frightening. That was frightening. I'm grateful to God. My mom actually became a believer. God filled with the Holy Spirit. And started doing everything that I was doing that made everyone to think I was crazy. <laughs> Witnessing from door to door, going to crusades and sharing. That's what Christianity is all about. That's what Christianity is all about. For me, it's not a game. This is life. There is a God. There is a true God. Did it mean that I feel like a very spiritual man? No. I had all the things I had to deal with. I had to grow. I was just starting off then as a Christian. But see, I lost my fear for Satan. I have no fear for him. You should have no fear for him. There's nothing he can do to you. He can't kill you with cancer. doesn't have the power. God has absolute control. God has absolute control. Now, I got some time. I'm going to show you something today that's really important. For me, it's very important. It was an eye-opener for me. And I want to share that with you. With regards to sickness and disease. Many times, us Christians, we accept things without thinking. We're not really meditating in the Word to fully understand what God is, what's going on there. And, and stop, stop sometimes. Amen. Stop sometimes because you might get something awesome from God's Word. And there are so many awesome things that will transform your life from the Word of God. So many. Just one passage can transform your life and change everything in your life and cause you to lose your fear for anything in this world. Because God is... If God be for us, who can be against us? What can be against us? There's nothing. There's nothing, absolutely nothing to fear. The ultimate is death. But Jesus has conquered death. Why should I be afraid? I have the one who conquered death. Who is the devil? What sickness? 
I can continue to go on. Because God is greater. You know, I was thinking in my early days, when I started ministry, one of the things I used to share, because God gave it to me, I used to share with people, and I want to share that with you tonight, how important this is. Moses went before Pharaoh. You know this story. He was saying, God has said, let my people go so that they might serve me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, no. Give me a proof. And what did Moses do? He threw his, his staff down, his rod. He threw that down. What happened to the rod? It became a snake. Wonderful. Glorious. Was Pharaoh impressed? Absolutely not. Why wasn't he impressed? Was he working with God? Was God with Pharaoh? Was this something new for Pharaoh? No. He was no big deal for Pharaoh. He said, is that what you got? That's all you got? Hey, magicians, come and show Moses something he doesn't know. You know this story. The magicians threw their rods down. And their rods became what? Oh, good. Were they real snakes? Uh-huh. Yeah, see, look at unbelieving believers. See them. The Bible says it was snakes. That's what the Bible says, right? I mean, the magicians of Pharaoh threw their rods down and they became what? Snakes with eyes. And they were moving, right? Real snakes. I don't believe that. Well, you don't believe the Bible. That's what it is. Did they do it by the power of God? Was God working with Pharaoh? So if God wasn't working with Pharaoh, how did that happen? Good question. It's not like I was afraid of the devil that he does this. What I do know, you may have cancer cells, real cancer cells. Huh? But guess where it came from? Uh-huh. Can Satan, if Satan can make a rod turn into a real snake according to scriptures, why can't he simulate false cells in your body? Uh-huh. Well, am I scared of it? No. <laughs> because Moses' rod, okay, ate them all up. Amen. No matter what the enemy throws at you and puts in your body, the rod of God can eat them all up. Uh-huh. The magicians went home without their rods. <laughs> right? They had to go home rodless, if you let me put it. <laughs> if you let me put it that way. Without their rod. To remind them the power of Almighty God. If they needed a rod, they had to go buy another one. And if Pharaoh tells them, throw this your new rod, it started again. It's going to make me lose my rod again. 
and I have to buy another one with this Moses guy, I will constantly lose my rod. Amen. That's what I want us to think. We have a great and awesome God. And nothing is impossible with him. Yes, I can have these symptoms. They're real, yes. But I have no fear. Because by his stripes, I am healed. Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Isaiah chapter 53 verse 1. When God reveals his power to you, there is nothing that's impossible. You got nothing to fear. As long as I have this mouth and tongue to talk to him, I got nothing to fear. As long as I can kneel before my father. And I tell him, it's a great privilege for me to come before your presence this evening or morning. To be able to kneel before the same God that dealt with Moses. And spoke the same God. Not another God. The same person that dealt with David. That spoke to Solomon. I am right in his presence. The one that dealt with Joseph. Who came in as a nobody. Unknown to a nation. And before it was over, he was at the very top. I am kneeling before that same God. Who hasn't changed. His personality hasn't changed. He's not grown old and weak. He's still the same person. And I feel what a privilege to kneel in his presence and to tell him what I want from him. And he says he's a respecter of no one. He's the same God. He loves me just like he loved Joseph. No difference. Moses, Joseph didn't experience the power of the blood of Jesus. He didn't I have. That's a big difference. He loved Joseph. Oh, he loves me. And he loves you. There's no need to be afraid of anything. God, that's why the Bible says, if God be for us, who can be against us? Let God be true and every man a liar. I don't care what the doctor says. It doesn't matter what's happening in your life right now. If you can speak to God, and that's why I said Satan is so afraid of you, because he knows just a few sentences from your mouth can transform everything and make him to lose you forever. And then he continues from you to your children and to everyone around you. He's scared of you. He knows what God can do through you when you can kneel before that almighty God. I don't know. I pray to God that in this present life, may God open my eyes to see wonders before I pass on. I don't want to get up there and find out, find out the things that I could have enjoyed and seen while I was living on the earth. I don't want to wait that. I'm going to see them here. And that's my prayer all the time. I say, I'm at the Ark Fellowship. Oh, yes, I believe that. But I believe in that angel and I, by the grace of God, God's going to take us so we can see the power of God, not just in Houston, not just in Texas, but all over the world. 
That's my dream. And we are in this together. Amen. All of us together. And I believe that God will make it happen. He's a respecter of no one. Be it unto you according to how you're believing. Your faith. I'm going to close with this. And I encourage you. Some men said, your God is too small. Mm-hmm. It's not that God is small. The way you've handled God in your life, he's too small. You got him boxed. Because you can't believe. He will be God to you as far as you want to go with God in your life. Isaiah 54, verse 2. Please read carefully, okay? And understand what he's saying. Enlarge the place of your tent. Whose responsibility is that? It's your responsibility. But it's God telling you, commanding you to do it. Will you obey? Enlarge the place of your tent. And let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. God said, do not spare. That's you. He says there will not be room enough. When I'm through with you, that's what God is saying. But now you do that. In your mind, do it. I got a picture in my car now because we are in this place. I know the place is not fully full, but I'm already thinking about the bigger sanctuary. Amen. One of these days, I'm going to hang the picture out there. Why? I need souls for God. I need more souls for God. I'm not going to quit, and I'm not going to look at the things that I see with my eyes. God's bigger than that. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 3, verse, verse, uh, Ephesians chapter 3.20. God, who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or even think or imagine. God says, is that all you, can, all you got? I can do better than that. And I believe God. For my family, for my children. For the children of the Ark Fellowship, I believe. Enlarge the place of your tent. That's what he says. That's my responsibility. And let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare, God says, lengthen, lengthen your cords and strengthen your sticks. In other words, stand firm. I'm not going to be moved. Strengthen your sticks. Why? God is saying, for you shall expand to the right and to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations. And make the desolate cities inhabited. So when you show up, if there's been a desert before long, the garden of Eden will begin to appear because of your presence. Your children will be there. So you are not only enlarging for yourself. You are enlarging the place of your dwelling because your kids are going to spread out. 
It's not like you got more kids, but their influence will spread out all over the world and make the desolate places a place of habitation where people can enjoy life. That's you. That's why this Bible says, when you pray to your God, pray to Him in secret. And your God who sees in secret will reward you. How? In secret? No. Openly. So the world can see what you have been doing in secret. That's the God we serve. That's the God we serve. I have, by the grace of God, confidence in this God. He can never disappoint me. The greatest fear is here. Amen? Because nobody can hurt you like you can hurt yourself. Not if you're in with Jesus. Nobody can hurt you like you can hurt yourself. And I don't want to hurt myself. So I'm ready to expand. Amen? Now, stand up with me tonight. What's that thing in your life that you consider impossible? What is it? That is constantly there. That you need God to change. The first place the change will begin is in your mind. It's your mind. There is nothing that's impossible with God. It's your choice thing. Amen? The Bible says, I said before you, life and death. And God says, I counsel you to choose life. Peace and unrest. I counsel you to choose peace. Happiness and a lot of sadness. God says, I counsel you to what? It's your choice. The way we say it in America, the ball is in your... Exactly. (laughs) When you play a chess game, you push, right? And then you hold back, right? And the other person must push before you push again, right? That's the way God is. He's pushed. Amen? He pushed. He's waiting for you to to push back. And after you push, then what is he going to do? He's going to do his own. That's the way God is. God wants to bless somebody here tonight. Amen? There's a change coming to your life. Choose good, because that's what God says. Choose what is right. Forget the past. Look for a new day. The sun will shine again. Amen? Life will come again. Peace and joy. That abundant life from Jesus, the life of God, will come into your situation. Amen? What is that thing tonight that you consider impossible? I want you to put it in his hands. Amen? Put that thing in his hand. Just think about it. And can you close your eyes and see that situation in God's hands? What you consider impossible. I can never get that. I can never do it. It's never going to happen. Don't feel that way. I don't think that way. But that's natural thoughts. God says be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now begin to think the thoughts of God. 
For with him, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing is impossible with your life tonight. I believe God, and I'm going to speak as a servant of God upon your life. If two or four shall agree concerning anything, the Bible says it shall be granted. I want you to agree with me tonight. I say, speak these blessings of God upon your life. I ask that you agree with me. And if God is God and his word is true, he will hear from heaven. And according to the words of Jesus, that cannot return to him void, he will answer from heaven. And that situation is going to change. Amen. Father, I speak blessings upon your children tonight. I speak that spirit of wisdom and revelation upon your children tonight. I curse that thing that is hurting them. I curse that thing that is preventing them from getting where you want them to, get, to be. I curse it in Jesus' name. Their Lord is goodness and mercy. Great kindness and favor from the Lord. I declare tonight that you have surrounded them with favor as a shield. In the name of Jesus, wherever they turn, they will meet favor in Jesus' name. And the Spirit of God will perform this in Jesus' name. In every life that's hearing my voice tonight, in the name of Jesus, whatever demonic assignment you have against your life, in Jesus' name, I cancel it with the blood of Jesus and I speak goodness into your life tonight by the power of the Holy Spirit. Things have got to change. Things will change in your life because of the zeal of the Lord God Almighty. Thank you, Jesus, for ministering to your people. Lord, I hear the sound of rain. I hear the sound of abundance upon your people. The fear is leaving and vacating the lives and the homes of your people. In the name of Jesus. And confidence and peace and rest in the Lord is coming into their lives right now. In Jesus' name. I see them standing, oh God, in Jesus' name. Like a, a mighty army. Saints of God. Ready to do exploit. I release the wisdom of God upon their lives. In Jesus' name, so that they can tell the difference in every situation by the power of the name of Jesus. God, you are with us. You've shown us your love. There is no love greater. There is nothing greater. No greater experience than to experience the love of Jesus. We are indeed in good hands. And all is well. All is well. All is well. Can you say that with me? All is well. Say it again. All is well. Thank you, Lord God. May the Holy Spirit establish those words in the life of everyone that's gathered before you here tonight. Glory and honor to your name, O God. To you be all the praise. To you be all the glory. May your name be exalted all over the world. May the peoples of the world know that indeed you are God. And that there is no other God beside you. You alone are God. Let them experience your power here in the United States. 
and around the world. Let your people honor you with their faith and in their doings. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you. We'll see you on Sunday.